All right, y'all. So, brief recap. At this stage, my mom has uh, she was unresponsive. My aunt and my stepfather decided to keep that away from me. They felt like they were protecting me. Uh, that obviously did not go over well with me. I was not happy with that bullshit. And my mom decided to make me the power of attorney, which says a lot. Uh, for me, it was crazy. Um, probably the most alone I've ever felt because of the her last uh, wishes, I guess you could say. Her last wishes were she wanted to... Like, the logistical stuff was really kind of basic. She had a... Um, she knew what funeral home she wanted to go to. She had a, a, a look that she wanted for her casket. And truthfully, that was that was it logistically. She wanted to be buried. She knew that much. Um, and from then, at that point, it's... Uh, she she said some things to me. Now my mom, she during this whole ordeal, we're talking at this point, we're in November of 2019. So at this stage, we're uh she said some things, man, that, that really they resonated with me. Um one of her final wishes was to take care of my stepdad. And that didn't that didn't rub me the right way. Um, some people could call it selfish, my outlook. Um, I don't really care. Um, he, he's the new guy on the block. He was, you know, they were married. This would have been five years. So by the time he met me, I was grown and close to having a baby on the way. So, you know, I had already had a degree. I had gone through, I had seen the world. You know, he was there for absolutely nothing in my life. Except the birth of my son. That was it. So, I mean, that's one big one. But as far as being a father figure, a male role model, shit like that, that time was had passed. Like, I don't have any, didn't have any influences like that. You know what I'm saying? At that stage in the game, even now. And that's, that's upbringing, that's, some trauma that I'm dealing with but you know for her to say that again speaks to the the type of woman my mother was she really wanted to to take care of her husband um in the will she wanted us to split everything 50 50 again I'm not happy about that (laughs) um if you guys listened to the last episode there was nobody else but me for the past 32 years, 31 years at that point. So, pardon me if somebody who just came on the scene got a, got a piece of what should have been mine. Again, that could be me being selfish, but I feel like, you know, that's just how I feel. And feelings are valid. Um, one of the other things that she said to me Um, During this time, that really kind of changed my outlook on life. 
uh, moving forward, because again, we talking literally not even a year ago by the time this gets posted. Um, she said she believed in me. And for those of you, I mean, I, I touched on it a little bit in a few of the previous episodes. Uh, my mom was hard on me, man. And the type of support that I was looking for, I didn't really get from her. She wasn't really cheering on the sidelines during sporting events. I couldn't gauge whether she cared about my academics because my mom had a way of making everything about her. You know, it was always a, a pissing contest. So for her to come out and say that she believed in me that was like a big deal because I even mentioned this in my book like that validation parental validation is real and I needed that a long long time ago and I never got it until she was about to die and I'm grateful I got it so when I when I heard that country twang and and broken ass English say, I believed in you so, so much. At that point, I knew that I can get through it. She was betting on me. And I can say not a lot of people do that. Including me. So, that was definitely Oh, shit. Can't wait till we get out of this season, (laughs) y'all. I promise this shit gets happier, I swear. But, um... Yeah, man, we... She said that, and it really kind of... Kind of set the tone for me. She wanted me to keep everything quiet. Um... Which is hard as hell. When you're carrying the world like that... You know, and I don't have any siblings from her. So it's like, who the fuck? Like, I got to trust you enough to tell you that I'm going through it. That my mom is dying. And I can't tell nobody. (laughs) The extent of all this shit I got to carry. So what do I do? I I work. I overwork. I overcreate. I overdo it. It's a fucking defense mechanism. And I'm a god level with that shit, for real. So anyway, at that point, she uh, was in a process of deciding that she wanted to go home. And again, with my mama being from the South, being super spiritual, being, you know, just who she was, we don't know what the fuck home means, man. Like, when I say home, hey, I'm going home, y'all know what I'm talking about, man. I'm at the crib. Those who have been to the vault, y'all know where the vault's at. <laughs> Those who have been to the sanctuary, y'all know where the sanctuary at. You feel me? So, for her to say that, you know, shit, that could have been like, yo, I want to go to heaven. I'm ready. I'm giving up. You know what I'm saying? So, it's crazy shit. But she, uh... She actually met the house this time, so false alarm, false alarm. Um, and then that's when shit really kind of got crazy. 
So uh, me and Gideon's mom, we uh, we prepped her room for the uh, home hospice because she didn't want to be in a facility. She wanted to be in her environment. She wanted to be comfortable. And so I'm immediately again like, fuck. You know, I, I love that she'll be that close, but then doubt started to creep into my mind. I mean, people who are going to make it don't go to hospice. They go to rehab. So, uh, the, the home dynamic was, was very fucked up. So at this stage of the game, we got my mom, myself, my stepdad, and my mom's so-called best friend. Now her and her so-called best friend, they were roadies. You know, they was always rolling together and shit. My mom helped her out heavily. She watched her grandkids. Hell, my mama's best friend watched my son for a while. Um, you know, my mom was paying her. I would pay her too. So it was like contractual shit. It wasn't because she was a good person, because she wasn't. Um, she, but anyway, actually, we'll start with her. You know, she was helping out with my mom when my mom was able bodied and she first started to have the issues she was having, you know, being able to watch Gideon because me and Gideon's mom were working a lot. Um, so, you know, daycare was needed at the moment or at that time. So, you know, it was cool. She was around. My mama had help. I could breathe. I had to drop everything because somebody could get something done. And then I could catch up, you know, somebody could fill me in. But <clears throat> she had a bad habit as many people of her generation and my mom's generation included, of talking a lot of shit and having nothing to show for it. She may have been the big bad back in her day. She may have been tough, whatever the fuck you want to call it. You know, she may be that in her family, but you, you on my turf, you in my crib, you with my people. I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. I give a fuck about my mama. So she decides to stop. She's going through some other family shit, and that's cool. She just decides to stop. She stopped watching my son. Didn't tell me she was just stopped, you know. Oh, I'm not going to be able to watch him. No kind of explanation. She just stopped. She helped out my mom when it was convenient for her, but no explanation. So I'm very observant, and I'm very aware of shit like this. So I'm house managing, I'm, I'm chilling, I'm watching, you know, and, and of course I'm picking up everybody's slack as is. So <clears throat> my stepdad, he, uh, you know, he ain't went through shit in his life for real. He never been married, never, you know, had to be the rock for somebody, never had to hold nobody down. Not for real. His parents passed and he, he got depressed and lost their house. Let it just go to shit. You know, and he's, that's just who he is. That's just what he does. So me knowing this information and now seeing it firsthand, nah, I'm Mr. Proactive. I'm putting shit in place so that when he hits a certain limit, when he hits a certain level, I'm getting in there and I'm, I'm rubbing somebody the wrong way, forcing somebody to do something. So mind you, I'm going to work. I'm working. 
meaning that there is time where my mom is either with uh, one of the hospice aides or she is with my stepdad who just took off work and or my um, or her best friend who didn't work. So it's somebody with her at all times. And I'm all about people getting breaks and shit like that. Except me, you know, because the ball was in my court. So these two grown ass fucking adults decide, you know, they, they want to do some, some high school shit and not talk out their differences and realize that, you know, for the man, the love of his life was fucking dying. And for the woman, her best friend was fucking dying. So these two idiots wouldn't do shit. You know, Gideon's uh, mother would come through and, you know, she would help out and then her mom would help out because she's a nurse. So, you know, I had help. I'm not going to sit here and say I didn't have help, but it's just like, what the fuck? At some point, you got to get over yourself to realize that if you truly cared about somebody who's dying, you're going to take care of them. You're going to do what you got to do. You're going to put your ego aside. You're going to put whatever aside. And you're going to get it done. Or so I thought. You know, fairy tales don't really, you know, that's some fairy tale shit. And again, like I said, people in that generation, that seems to be the norm. They told us all that bullshit that they they can't follow up with. And here I am struggling through it. And I'm not asking for sympathy. I just want to paint the picture for, for you guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to put things in perspective. Because th- these are the things that were happening while I was working, while I was trying to be a dad, you know what I'm saying? So when people in my life who have never heard these type of things, people in my life who were interacting with me and wondering what the fuck was up, this is what was happening. I was dealing with that 13, 14 hour days because I couldn't trust them to give my mom the proper amount of medicine or even give my mom medicine that she needed. I couldn't trust them to feed her when it was time for her to be fed. I couldn't trust them with basic shit that you should do if you love somebody and they going through it. But I mean, y'all was at the funeral, those who were at the funeral. (laughs) Y'all saw that everybody was just so peachy. Everything was so nice. Even me, shit, I was actually physically sick. But we not there yet. So all that shit's going on, man. And and during this, my mom dropped another bomb on me. So she dropped some more, some more words that would, I'm probably going to get tattooed on me at some point. Because I say it way too much now that she's gone. She looked me in my eyes and she said, baby, I love you. And I'm like, I love you too, mama, what's up? Because usually when she say some shit like that, she either going to get in my ass or she going to tell me something that's going to piss me off. But she she made it very vague this time. And she let me connect the dots. And I appreciate her for this. But she simply said, you know, things are not as they seem. And I was like, oh, shit. And I'm like, all right, well, what you mean? And that's all she kept saying. Things are not as they seem. Things are not as they seem. And uh, I kind of just sat with it for a little bit at the time. Didn't understand. And then I started paying more attention. Started noticing 
you know, we made a chart, okay? Did she get her meds? She wasn't getting her meds. She wasn't getting fed. Then she would tell the hospice nurse, and the hospice nurse would call me to tell me the bullshit that was going on. So I'm trying not to, you know, commit a homicide <laughs> because I'm not in my right mind then. December at this point. And so we going through all this shit, man. And, you know, I'm keeping it a secret from her friends, turning people away at the door, having to get aggressive with people who, honestly, I mean, I could have used a, a hug for real. But my weakness in that moment would have definitely gave it away. And that was not smart. (laughs) I'm a dog for handling that shit, but that was not smart. That not healthy at all, man. So, y'all, don't do that shit. Even if it's your parents, your significant other, don't suffer in silence. Don't be like me. Be better. (laughs) Do better, as I say. (laughs) But, uh, so, uh, at this point, when I did miss work, it was for my mom. I'll touch on that very shortly. But um, I, for 30 days, I had to go through it. 30 days, running myself thin, fighting six, seven battles at a time, and faking like I'm all right. And I wasn't. It's fucked up. And the thing about mental health, the thing about your emotions, the thing about trauma is that that shit always come back. Like, if you don't process it, that shit gonna come back. Like, it's it's gonna pop back up. Like, like, hey, (laughs) never forget 9-11. Never forget. (laughs) But, um... This next part is how it ended. So she, the the day before she died. So we talking January 8th. Um, crazy day. <laughs> I drove to work to drove back home because I just, I woke up angry. I woke up mad, just couldn't control it and I just really was not in a good headspace to be dealing with work I was working at a call center so fuck them niggas um then come home grab Gideon you know just cuddling cause Gideon's my safety blanket 
getting in his my safety blanket. He's the most preventative person in my life. When he is around, things stop. As they should. The boy didn't save my life way too many fucking times. And he don't get into enough for me to help him. Like I feel like I should. But anyway, he um I grabbed Gideon and um we had a moment where you know he concerned, he knows that his GG is sick. And we all sat in a room together. She sat up a well, she tried to sit up. You know how that should go. But um she watching TV, we watching with her, and we all just kind of fell asleep. She fell asleep first, and then Gideon, you know, doing what Gideon do. And so that moment, that moment, ah. <sighs> That's the shit, man, like, I don't know if anybody else felt this shit, but like, when you become a parent, like, I feel like the greatest gift I ever gave my mama was not me being alive, (laughs) was not the, the businesses, it wasn't my school shit. It wasn't none of that, man. It wasn't making it. It was, it was getting, it was giving her a grandchild. And that moment, it was like, damn. It really hit me that this shit wasn't going to happen a lot after that. That was a hard day, y'all. It was a hard-ass day. But I'm going to hit a detour real quick. Real quick. So, <laughs> uh, I just thought about this. So, I'm sitting there napping with my mom and my son. Um, I'm pretty sure at some point, probably a week or so before that, I was at <laughs> Target. <laughs> and do y'all know what it feel like to buy diapers for your mom and your son? Like... <laughs> that was like the most funny and awkward moment for me like shit this is my reality but anyway back to that so I decided to take the next day off because I just there wasn't I woke up real somber mood had Gideon with me we doing our one too we watching tv we playing we checking on my mom seeing if she good she seemed good at the time and then I, I, uh, I went to go use the bathroom. And through this whole ordeal, home hospice, all that shit, my mom was never comfortable. So those of you that have been in my house, it's not really a big house. It's like one story with a basement. Um, you know, just 
if you go to the, the bathroom is like on the right her bedroom was like at the end of home left so as you turn to go to the bathroom you can see into the room and i always kept her door open so i happened to look and the way she was sitting was just like what like yo like she ain't said nothing i got her this little bell thingy she rang the bell like what the fuck I ain't think nothing of it, cause you know maybe she sleep, maybe she, maybe that was her comfort spot, and she just fell asleep. So I get out the bathroom and I stop, and I look, and I stare a little bit harder than normal, see if her chest is moving. I couldn't really tell, and um, I walk in, I put my my head to her chest. Well, first I put my finger by her nose. Nothing. Put my head to her chest. Nothing. Then I I checked her pulse. On oh, her neck and her wrist. Nothing. Yeah. I stood there and just kind of just I don't even know what to say. Like, it wasn't there was no emotion. It was it wasn't shock because it was it, you, I knew it was coming. You know? And it, I mean, shit, it hurt. It hurt. But, I knew what was next. And I knew that the real work was about to begin. Because for the first time in my life, I didn't have parents. Neither one of my parents was alive. Because I lost my mom January 9th, 2020. I think this is a good, good stopping point. Um, yeah, so like, if y'all listening, man, of course, thank you. I definitely appreciate y'all. Um, thank y'all for allowing me to be vulnerable. (laughs) Y'all could be doing a billion other things, but taking, I mean, shit, last, last episode was an hour, so taking 30 minutes out your day to hear me ramble and cry. That means a lot. And though I don't know exactly who you are, because y'all just pop up as numbers, I don't, you know, there's no identifying information of my listeners. Um, but um, be kind to yourself. And every day, not just whenever you are listening to this shit, 
tell somebody you care about that you fucking care. Tell somebody that you believe in. Let them know. Tell them you fucking believe in them. I don't give a fuck if it becomes cliche. If it becomes stale. You tell them every fucking day. (laughs) Because you don't know what that shit means to them, man. You don't know what the fuck they fighting through. And maybe they need a fucking cheerleader. Maybe that's you today. Check on your people, man. And I mean really check on them. Not on some surface level shit, man. If you got to dig, if y'all got to go there, go there, man. We got a mental health problem. And we the only ones that can solve this shit, y'all. But we got to have these conversations. We got to start loving each other. We got to start processing this shit. We got to start healing. And it starts with the conversation. (sighs) So be kind to yourself. And I will catch y'all next time.